Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Yeah, yeah. We just kicked off a uh, new series this last week. First things first, God, to kick it out right, was a time of prayer at the loft. And we're going to continue that for 21 days. Monday through Friday is at the loft, 7 a.m. And then on the weekends here at 7 a.m. And it is ultimately an invitation, not intimidation. Prayer can be so intimidating. What are we going to do? Who's going to be there? God's going to be there. Who's going to lead us? The Holy Spirit. How do we have access? Jesus. Do we come timid? In fact, no, we can come boldly. I'm here, God. What, you, don't you know what I did yesterday? Yeah. Do you think he died just for your sins back then or even today or what he knew you were going to do tomorrow? And I really believe a right view of understanding the grace of God, that you receive it and that you abide in him, that's how we bear much fruit. And abide simply means this, to receive or to rest in or to stay home. To stay home. That safe place. Join us as we continue this. We're gearing up for Vision Sunday next month. And we will be launching groups. Jesus is the cornerstone. We want to be in a line with him. And I want to talk about an ever-increasing theme. Have you noticed this? Bless you. One of my favorite scenes is for sure. You're in the top ten list. Um, there's a theme that's happening. There's a trend. Have you noticed it? Society, the pace of it is increasing. The speed. It's getting faster, isn't it? Society's getting faster, isn't it? It's not going to slow down. Do you think profit is going to slow down? Do you think business is going to slow down? I mean, if we could add a fourth shift, I think we would. The businesses like Chick-fil-A that close on Sunday, they're few and far in between. In fact, sometimes people will even wonder why. Why would you do such a thing? Why don't you work harder? Work more. Ring the towel, get that last bit of drop out. But we want to look to Jesus today as our example of what it looks like to slow down and to run at his speed. If we're outpacing Jesus, can we all fair to say that that's not a good thing? If we're running and we see Jesus walking, or if we're walking and we see Jesus sitting. In Mark chapter 1, now you might love... Mark's gospel, because Mark's gospel, if you're a bottom line thinker, that's Mark's gospel. It's to the point. It's the shortest, most concise, to the point, to the point, to the point. And in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, And rising very early in the morning, somebody's already feeling the ouch, while it was still dark, he, being Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Desolate also being the place of anguish where he's tempted. So this isn't a place of always joy, but it is a place that now God can mark his joy because he recognizes his victory is when he's connected with the Father. And like many of us, verse 36 is our lives. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, everyone's looking for you, Jesus. Get out of prayer. Everyone's looking for you. Society, speed, the pace. You familiar with the Beats by Dre? You put them on your head, noise-canceling headphones. If anyone flies, great, noise-canceling headphones. 
put on, turn them on, you don't hear anything. Because in life, we need to kill the noise and pray. As believers, Jesus did this. He killed the noise and he prayed. There's a lot of noise in our life. There's so many issues. There's disappointments. There's regret. There's despair. And it leads to, I was talking to someone this morning, and and I really think this this fits, is, uh, you know what disappointment leads to? It leads to despair, but then it leads to depression. And for many of us, because we've been so disappointed, the noise has gotten so loud that we don't even want to go on anymore. And we're looking for a reason to be motivated. We're looking for a reason to play in the game. And there's this commercial with Kevin Garnett. He puts on his Beats headphones and I had to edit it out to get the curse words out of it. And in fact, I'm grateful that I looked at it, did a double pass this morning because there was an F-bomb still in it. And I edited it out before I played it at church because I figured we, we, could, we will be known for a lot of things, but probably not F-bombs on Sunday mornings isn't one of them. But, but then I really thought about it, and I thought, how unfair that is to you to think that I'm going to give you a PG version of how Satan talks to you. Oh, I hated that I even had to edit it out. I wanted to play that junk today. I wanted to play it so bad because Satan does not play fair. He doesn't play nice. He's not like, oh, like, little buddy, why don't you maybe sin? He's like, beep, beep, you, nothing, you're not good enough. Yeah, and I think this commercial helps us picture that type of energy of why we need to kill the noise. Check it out. This makes them incredibly formidable. I think there's zero threat. My problem is KG's a little too over the hill. You're just going to have one shot here because I'm just not sure all that will click right out of the box for one big last hurrah for this group with the two older players. I want to make one disclaimer before we go on real quick. If you, if, if you don't feel that there's naysayers, there's, there's adversity, there's distractions, disappointment, then in the game is slow to you, then I would dare say that maybe you need to speed it up. But for most of us, I think the game is really fast. Bills are coming. Stress, texts. We have the most access of any generation ever. Francis Chan says we're the only generation to minister where Jesus went alone to pray but the iPhone wasn't ringing the people had to come find him you can't even pull up your phone and read your bible unless you put it in airplane mode but then at the same time you're freaked out because now there's not home phones what if somebody needs to get a hold of somebody and you put it in airplane mode and there's this never-ending doom loop and I think some of us got to repent about something today man they make so much money those baby athletes said it 
if you heard the way people talk about them, I think we'd have a different understanding. We would empathize. The Father knows how the enemy talks about you, but his voice can be louder. And it's always in tune. And he wants us to kill the noise. I heard one athlete, when they were entering the place and there was cups of urine thrown on them. Well, they should for a couple million. Should they? I don't know. I don't know you can put a price on freedom. They can't go anywhere. Some athletes have said it's, it's like being in a cage where everybody looks at you. Look at the zoo. Look at the zoo animal. Dance. Do something. That's what Odell Beckham said. And then we wonder why some of them are struggling with mental pressure and things. Because we're not meant to run at the pace of the world. We're not at Egypt's pace anymore. God has saved us out of Egypt And sometimes it takes our whole lifetime to get Egypt out of us. But I'm praying today is the day that even as we work really hard, we still do it in rest. We do it in freedom. And we kill the noise that buries us, where we can't breathe, we feel burnt out, we feel behind. Micro stress that's intoxicating us, making us feel aloof. But to be intoxicated by the spirit that makes us feel sound and found. So ultimately, we're going to kill the noise because if we don't kill the noise, it will kill us. Spiritually, instantly, or worse yet, a slow death. I think there's a lot of slow deaths. One person said that the church is the sleeping giant of the world because if they, she really woke up, she would change everything. So the enemy keeps us comatose that we don't really believe we can do it. We don't have the confidence to believe that we actually can take the hill. Not because we can, but because he can, and he already did it. Tetelestai, it is finished. So Christus victor, Christ is victorious. So with that in mind, okay, we kill the noise. And what do we do? We pray. As believers, it's an active posture and position to wait. We wait on Jesus. And waiting is not a one-time-a-year thing. It's an all-the-time thing. There's things you've been waiting on. Carla, you sent me a, a message that had an illustration to the effect of that, you know, radio stations, you remember this, where you had actually had to tune into a station, and there would be static if it wasn't in tune, and FM, AM, et cetera. Well, I experienced this moment the other day with my son. I hit the scan button, and I, was, it, I picked up on it, but a few minutes in, I thought, he probably doesn't know what's happening. And sure enough, in the back seat, he says, Dad, why is the radio doing that? What's it doing? Oh, you don't know about radio stations, huh? Tell me. Well, there's frequencies based upon how they're being broadcasted, the signal, the antenna, and blah, 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 blah. And scan goes to the next one. It finds in tune. And it goes to the next one. And you can just listen for about four seconds until you find a station you, you like and you hit, you hit the scan to stop. And he kind of... Of course he doesn't get it. XM Radio, YouTube, Netflix, Hulu. Of course he doesn't get it. But the illustration says this. If you're trying to tune into God, he's always broadcasting, always clear, and always in tune. And we can always hear him. But we have to kill the noise in order to connect with God. Because we can always tune in and hear God. Prayer is about hearing. Why would we do this? Because he's our creator. He's our maker. The one who knows you, the intimate details of you. So prayer is simply answering God. 
Anyone who's flown knows the higher you get, the faster you're going to go. When you get up to certain altitudes, you get past turbulence above the clouds, really high, you can take your seatbelt off and you may roam about the aircraft and they got their language that they say and you move through. And I like sitting in the back because I can just stay by and I don't have to avoid it. I like the aisle seat. I'm not a huge window person. Um, and maybe you're different. That's fine to each his own. Quit judging me. And uh, <laughs> when we kill the noise of the world, society, we rise above and we get in tune with God's noise and how perfect it really is. Our minds are clearer. We work better. So you say, okay, I'm bought in. Jerome, I'm, I'm at this point. I want to kill the noise. I want to pray. I want to hear God. You, you got me. You got me. You got me. Well, there's two times we, we do this. The first one is obvious. Kill the noise during the bad times. But I would submit to us today, myself, to kill the noise during the good times too. We need to hear God through the bad and good times. The bad times, it's obvious. Go run, be with God, take a prayer request. But what about the good times, the good work, when we're super achieving, when we're dominating, when we have our hand to the plow, when we're fruitfully producing? Well, Jesus understands pressure well. For three and a half years, he was the most effective person ever on the planet. In fact, all of the books in the world that said couldn't record all the miracles he did. That was a hyperbole for sure. But as we see Jesus dominating everywhere he went, he was in demand in the pace, the chaos. It kept adding the to-do list. Have you ever worked all day and you felt like you added more work to the next day? Anyone else? You just can't get ahead. I had one guy who, he did paperwork. He, did, he was the finance department. Um in copier world, and his name was Dave Carroll. Dave Carroll had a unique pace about him. Five o'clock, he wrapped down his stuff, had spiky hair, cool look. Dave, where are you going? We got a bunch of deals. We got to get these done. Jerome, what I've found is the deals will always be there, but my canoe's calling me. (laughs) See you, brother. He walked away like that, and I remember that stuck with me. The deals will always be there. I've pulled all-nighters before. I've taken off-sites. I've brought in professional consultants. I've done everything I could that I know over and over and over again with the combined efforts of the best wisdom of the best friends I know and the collective efforts of our greatest thoughts. And we've never solved the speed of society and the speed of the game and the speed of work. In fact... The better you are at it, the more in demand you'll be. The more opportunities that will come. And so before Jesus went away and prayed, I think it's very important to see what he did before that. The day before Jesus had a big day. We're going to read about it in verse 21. It said, and they went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue, and he was teaching. I like Jesus. Shows up, I'm teaching. They were astonished at his teaching. For he had taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, what you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. 
We've been seeing more of this recently. Just coming by people and spirits not being happy. Because as you exalt Jesus, the power is stronger. And when you go to people that are suffering and oppressed, the spirit wants to hold on and control, but Jesus wants to give freedom. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed. So that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spreads everywhere throughout all of the surrounding regions of Galilee. So Jesus is in demand. And immediately he left the synagogue, okay, he enters the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon being Peter and now Simon's mother-in-law. Jesus loves mother-in-laws. Shout out to my mother-in-law. She comes to the next service and I'll be able to give her a little hand clap. But Jesus loves mother-in-laws. And so that's a good tip for anybody here who's struggling loving their mother-in-law. Jesus loves mother-in-laws. And for the record, I don't struggle loving my mother-in-law, but um, just wanted to make that clear. (laughs) Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with the fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came, and he took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. The evening at sundown brought to him. Now sundown, Sabbath is over. You aren't traveling during the Sabbath. So here comes all of the people who have a need, and they were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. At the door of the house, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And this is verse 35. And then the next day, you imagine after that day of ministering? Because at the day of ministering today, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm already thinking about at some point what I'm going to do to rest. And not just rest, but leisure. I'm thinking eagles, saints, thinking about that. Saints are favored. I'm enjoying, I'm, I'm enjoying that. But what about when that gets taken away and then there's people at the door, somebody texts in their life, they have issues now and it's at the doorstep. So now it invades my private space and now what do I do? Well, it takes into the next day. So you, here's the temptation. When you're overwhelmed, we want to work harder and harder and harder and harder. I know I can't be the only one. But Jesus, our example, because the next day, here's what he does. He rises early in the morning while still at the place in dark and departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. If God in the flesh prayed, we can pray. We can practice this because, friends, just like they were looking for Jesus, everyone's looking for you. Your kids, parents, your kids are looking for you. You're in debt. The bill collectors are looking for you. The promotion, it's looking for you. The accountability reports, they're looking for you. The schooling, the tests, it's looking for you. It's the noise that never goes away. So I'm convinced it's not that we mute the noise. It says, one pastor told me, we don't stop for barking dogs. On the shark tank, they said that you got to learn how to be in control in the midst of all of the noise. It was Kevin who said it that way. All of the noise. I thought, hmm, that's good. Because ultimately, we need to hear God and listen 
And that's how we change our position in the midst of it. There's a Bible Project video that helps us unlock the beauty of hearing because it's so much more. Check this out. For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Now the first word of the Shema is hear or listen, which in Hebrew is pronounced Shema. That's where the prayer gets its name. Now Shema is a really common word in the Hebrew Bible, and it's obvious why. Hearing is a very universal activity. It's usually connected with the ear, as in Proverbs chapter 20, ears that Shema and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. Now that seems basic enough, but if you look at the other ways that Hebrew authors can use the word Shema, they use it to mean more than just let sound waves enter your ear. In Hebrew, Shema can also mean pay attention to or focus on. So when Leah, who wasn't loved by her husband Jacob, she has a son and she names him Simon, or in Hebrew, Shimon, because she says, the Lord has Shamad, that I am unloved. So Shema means to hear and to pay attention to, and even more. It can also mean responding to what you hear. This is why so many of the cries for help in the book of Psalms begin with a call that God listen. Psalm 27, verse seven. Shema my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful, answer me. So asking God to Shema is at the same time asking God to act, to do something. It's similar to when God asks people to listen. Like when the people of Israel come to Mount Sinai, God says, if you Shema me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Now there's a couple interesting things about this verse in Exodus. In Hebrew, the word Shema is repeated twice in this sentence to give it emphasis. If you Shema Shema, meaning listen closely. But also notice that from God's point of view, listening is basically the same as keeping the covenant. So when God asks the people to Shema, what he means is that they listen and obey. And that's the last fascinating thing about Shema. In ancient Hebrew, there is no separate word for obey, meaning to carry out the wishes of someone who knows better than you or is in authority over you. So in the Bible, if you want to say, I will listen and do what you say, you use the single word Shema. In Hebrew, listening and doing are two sides of the same coin. This is why later in Israel's history, when the people were breaking their covenant promises to God, the Hebrew prophets would say things like, they have ears, but they're not listening. The Israelites, of course, could hear just fine, but they weren't actually listening or else they would act differently. And so in the end, listening in the Bible is about giving respect to the one speaking to you and doing what they say. Real listening takes effort and action. And that's the Hebrew word Shema. All right, so kill the noise, pray, hear God. And hearing God is in action. So he, here's where we're at. The only time I would say you're on the outside looking in is if you don't know Jesus. And simply, Jesus is the only way to the Father, but he's not a God that beats us down or condemns us. He's a God that's always pursuing us, looking for us, looking to celebrate you. And the good news is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. So no matter where you're at in the sin spectrum, you've never gone too far for God. 
the good news is that God can make you brand new in a moment. And then that covenant that's broken by all of us is now the new covenant that has been kept by Jesus. Therefore, we have access to confidently kill the noise, put on the headphones. Satan, you have no control. You have no position. And here I am close to the Father, giving him all of my worries, all of my doubts. And he hears me. And then I act. Now to act, it might be easy to say, I would pray more, okay? But prayer is for people that have a spiritual luxury of they have a lot of time. I like how my pastor Brad Leach put it, prayer is a necessity for those who have actually too much going on. We are too busy not to pray. We're all too busy not to pray. We're way too busy not to pray. The 21 days of prayer and fasting has helped us tune in to the frequency and hear God. City Life, shout out to you. You guys come out in droves. Is that how, it, that's like, is that the expression? Like, yeah, you guys come out. 60 people in the morning at the loft, parking at the Lansing Center, parking by the Nut House. It's freezing and getting up there for prayer. And if I can be honest, the numbers are great. We would have been happy if we just showed up as leaders. We weren't sure. We're fine. But what's been the best part for me, selfishly, has been the time I get to simply receive. I just show up. I take notes. I'm sitting down as a live feed. Because sometimes on stage, I, I miss the moments when it was just a church boy just a church boy who just loved taking notes because God had done something so amazing in my heart. And I share that with you because I love the opportunity now to equip you. But I hope you'd hear the call of God saying, it's all about connecting with Him. It's not even about doing the hour of church service. It's not. God wants to connect with you. He wants to connect with me. Which is why we're still inviting you to the loft. We're still inviting you to come and pray. And then on the weekends here at City Life, we had a few people reach out because of scheduling conflict. And they said they were watching the live prayer feed from home and the presence of God fell in their house. Because there's something so beautiful when the tribe is unified and praying together. It's powerful. It's powerful. And the best way we can ultimately connect with God is His Word. But here's what happens. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. I think that's how we hear it. But they said in prayer this week, God's Word is not a book to read. It's a voice to hear. Yeah, that's it. That's why when we sing, yours is the power, yours is the glory, our Father in heaven, it's His voice, it's His kingdom, we're praying scripture, we're living the adventure, we're not just wanting head knowledge, we're wanting heart power, we're wanting it all connected, we want to be connected mind, spirit, body, soul, we are one with Christ to hear, to obey. So as we close, here's what we're going to do, okay? Will you stand with me? Because this whole thing of this lecture setting is getting a little silly here so give me one of these or something give me something give me a swim there we go give us something 
All right, we're putting on the Beat headphones. Put on the Beat headphones right now because we all have some junk in our life. You got to put those on. Put some, put the Beat there. We'll put the Beat headphones on. Did you put them on? We're putting the Beat headphones on. And here's what we're doing. We're going to pray together to kill the noise, to kill the disappointment, to kill the despair, to kill the darkness, to kill the anxiety, to kill the stress, to get it gone, all the pressure. And the devil has no voice. So you can pray out loud with me. We can pray together. And we're going to pray right now. Right now, we kill the voice of Satan over our position as a son or as a daughter. We kill the voice of Satan over our friends and our family. We kill the voice of Satan over the lies at our workplace, over the lies in our minds. Philippians 4 says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, by thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Think of this, think of this, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the beauty as we hear God. So we're going to sing, yours is the power, yours is the glory. Here's what I want to invite you in. If you need some serious kill the noise moments today, uh, don't hesitate. Come up front. We want to pray for you. Any leader can pray for anybody. Anybody can pray for anybody. It can just go down like that. And if you want to pray for somebody, uh, a few weeks ago, there was a story where someone said, I had this one girl in my heart. I'd never met her, never knew her. And then finally, after three weeks, she mustered up the courage. She went across the seat, talked to her. They had a great moment. They started crying. And they started having this amazing interaction, okay? You might look across this room. You can get weird for a minute. It's fine. God's grace and his power is emotional and logical. He's that all-knowing, right? We hear a God that's always in tune. He's not out of tune, somebody. He is not out of tune, somebody, right? For his is the power, his is the glory, and his is the kingdom. Let's sing. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.